Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today we're going to be talking about five-step retirement income planning. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Good morning, Eric. Doing well, thanks. All right. So the, the topic of this is, is five-step retirement income planning, right? Or you have a five-step retirement income plan that you go over with, with clients? You got it. Retiring is not easy, but we try to make it easier by uh, putting it through in a certain steps, certain priorities to help right. uh, people get to where they want to go. Fantastic. Let's, let's start walking through it. Absolutely. Yeah, we've uh, gone through, met uh, tons of people. Tons of people get ready to retire, and a lot of them come into our office and have retirement planning wrong. Mm-hmm. Either they haven't done uh, anything, and we certainly can help them there. But a lot of times, people are just looking for the wrong thing. Yeah, they see these commercials about their number. Like, I just got to get to this number, <laughs> and then everything's going to be great. Like it's some magic formula. Yeah, this number there. Uh, it's just uh, amazing. But other times they're just focused on their investments. Okay, if I can just get a certain percentage, then everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We just think that approach is wrong. They're focusing on things that they can't control when there's a lot of things they can't control that they can make a big impact to with their retirement. And a lot of the things they don't even know what they can or cannot control because there's so many variables. And I know exactly what you're talking about with commercials that, that say, what's your number kind of thing or you know, your exact number. That doesn't tell you anything. So yeah, I, that's I agree. Exactly it. It's it's just a it's misconception. So how do you help clients figure that out and and show them, hey, this is this is what you need to be focusing on? Yeah, you got it. Uh, of course, you just start out saying it's the five steps, but first let's talk about the three principles. This is how we kind of figured out what's needed, and then it takes us five steps to get people uh, through it. Uh, pri- priority or principle, rather, principle one is prioritize. Uh, a lot of people are focused on the wrong things. Uh, they're focused on their investments. And we believe that you ought to go through a certain flow of steps to make decisions because each next decision is p- impacted by the first one. Uh, you know, if you think in a baseball season is about to wrap up around here and uh, we're thinking through uh, when a baseball player is up the bat, is he thinking about, should I steal third? No, he's thinking about how do I get the first and then how do I get the second? Then you can figure out getting the third. That's yeah. kind of the, the problem is people are trying to think of, you know, how do I how do I get the third base uh, in, in baseball? Look, you're at the plate. Just just look at the next thing in front of you. Uh, so we think that prioritization, uh, taking care of the, the next thing in front of you is the, one of the first ways to go. Yeah, that's such a great analogy because you're thinking about how to get the third base and all of a sudden the ball's gone by and it's in the catcher's glove. And there's a exactly. strike, yep. right? You've already missed something. Yep. First things first. I've heard yeah. that before in a uh, in a business setting. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple of times, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The next principle is uh, plan. A lot of people don't have a, a plan. Uh, we think you got to go through and, and plan out your retirement. Um, just an example: if a lot of people want to retire early, and that's that's great, um, but you need to plan out how's that retiring early going to affect your income your health insurance costs, when you take Social Security, how do you take your pension? There's a lot of steps to that. And uh, certainly retiring early might be a, a fun way to go. But unless you have a plan, it's just not going to turn into a reality. Yeah, so or at I, least a reality that you don't want. Right. Oh, yeah. there's. I mean, there, there could be other things. You could retire early, but then all of a sudden you've got to get a job later just because you didn't plan well and, and nobody wants that possibility. 
when you say plan, I mean that 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 opens a whole can of worms there. I mean, how do you help your clients plan for that and and say or let me let me rewind here. When do you think somebody should be talking to you about what that plan looks like? Because my father did retire early, uh, and that was one of his plans. And it's so funny that one of my one of my best friends for the longest time, I was just with him in South Carolina a couple months ago, and his plan is to retire early. And he said, basically, I'm quoting. He said, "When your dad said that he wanted to retire at 55, I got that stuck in my head, and that's what I've always wanted." And he remembered my father saying that, and that's now his plan. And he's actually got a great, you know, great start to that plan. But how do you help somebody begin that process? And when should they be looking at that plan? What what age range do you think? Yeah, we find it's um, about five to ten years before you retire is right about it. Another kind of key marker. A lot of times, uh, I've got two young kids, so at some point in time, they're going to go to go to college and graduate college. At some point in time, you're kind of um, done financially with them. At least you hope you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times you spend 20, 25 years focused on raising the family, putting money towards them. And then you get this break uh, where you don't have these huge tuition bills. You don't, uh, you know, you're not paying for their car and cell phone, hopefully anymore. And a lot of people then take that opportunity to go spend extra. They kind of spend and do the things that they've been wanting to do the last yeah. 25 years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and that's fine. You should celebrate that a little bit. But if you just take that opportunity right then to say, okay, I, I had a plan for my family. Now we're down to the two of us. Let's let's start right now to plan out the next five to 10 years so that when we hit retirement, we'll be good to go. Yeah. That's a great example that you just gave because I literally yesterday I spoke to another advisor who just him and his wife just went to a, uh, on a trip to Ireland because they had written their last tuition check. They had been writing tuition checks for 16 years straight. Oh, amazing. 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they have a, a group of kids, but uh, yeah, so they did a little celebration, but you know, exactly as you said, little celebration. And now they're concentrating on setting themselves up for their plan, um, which yeah. is a beautiful, you got thing. a huge opportunity and yeah, take uh, make that a 17th year tuition, go celebrate. But a lot of folks, they go out buy a, a different car. They mm-hmm. they go on certain vacations, and they, it's like they still keep writing out that tuition check, and they wonder why they can't get a get ahead. So yeah, yeah go ahead, celebrate uh, one time perhaps, but then make a commitment. You've got this freed up money. Uh, start putting it back towards yourself and towards your your plan for retiring. Yeah, and that leads right into the next bullet point. You gave me your notes before the show, and uh, so I'm, I've been looking through these. And your next bullet point is protect. That sounds mm-hmm. exactly like what you're doing there, uh, you know, kind of hedging your bets, if you will, or, or protecting yourself for that future by making sure that you are investing in yourself instead of blowing the money on a vacation home or new car, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah, you got it. A lot of people, uh, I, I love seeing the spreadsheets. It's great when people come in with a spreadsheet because they put some thought into it, uh, but they, they always figure out how to make it work, right? Well, if, if we only spend this and the market does this mm-hmm. and inflation is only this, we're great. <laughs> Okay, well, what if none of that happens? That's right. right? That's right. I, I, I could probably guarantee you that it won't happen. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. You know, interest rates go up and down. The market goes up and down. Inflation goes up and down. Health insurance costs change. Your own health might change. You have no idea how long you're going to live, what tax rates are going to be, all kinds of things. Uh, we think you ought to protect against uh, a lot of that. And there's different ways you can uh, protect against that. And one of them is don't, uh, don't put all your faith and trust in the spreadsheet. And if, if only, if only I could get this percent in the market and if only inflation does this, okay, well, 
that's uh, most likely not going to happen. So mm-hmm. let's be ready for the things that might happen, uh, using different ways to protect uh, against those things. Yeah, and, and one thing that's never on those spreadsheets is a family tragedy or a a child who uh, went through college, but the degree that they have, they're just not able to find work uh, or mm-hmm. substantial work that's going to be able to support them and uh, or maybe a, a surprise grandchild. I mean, there, there's all sorts it. of things that just don't mm-hmm. fit on that spreadsheet a lot of times, and it's all about Absolutely. the numbers. So the events, I think, are more important than the numbers, and, and you've alluded to that a couple times in this podcast. So, yeah, that's exactly it. A lot of times people come in, they say, I want to retire at, at 64, and we look through and say, you know what? Your goal ought to be paying off the house. And if you're 63, 65, 66, that's going to be your trigger. That will impact your plan more than just having a birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. All right, so what is the next thing that you take clients through then? Yeah, so now that we've uh, talked through, here's our guidelines uh, for it. Let's, let's just go through in order and make some decisions because that's going to affect the, the next decision. And the first step of the five-step retirement revelation, we call it the retirement revelation because when you put all five of these steps together, like your whole retirement is revealed to you. You've got your plan uh, ready to go. You've taken these different pieces of the puzzle and you've put them together so that you can see where, where you're heading. Uh, but the first step is need. What do you need every month? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. They have no idea what uh, they might need every month. And we want you to take some time to, to figure out how much are you spending on yourselves? Uh, what are your taxes? What are your health costs going to look like? What's the extra amount? What are those things that uh, might be added in or taken away from your from your budget that you have right now uh, before you hit retirement? Yeah, and that's I'm I'm sure that's pretty eye opening. Just that first step uh, for your clients. Have you received any pushback when you take them through this? Yeah, what, when we talk through it, I'm sure we'll go through in detail in a, a different uh, episode here, but. Uh, a lot of people just don't know what they, they need. And it's amazing. They, they, they take the time. They come in. They say, well, we figured out all we need is 4000 a month. Okay, how'd you figure that out? Well, we just added up you know, our, our mortgage and our utility bills and this, this, and this. And all we need is 4000 a month. Oh, great. Uh, what's your take-home pay? Oh, it's like 7000 a month. All right. Do you have anything extra at the end of the month? Oh, no. We can barely make it work. Okay, <laughs> so you, you don't need 4000 a month. You need 7000 a month. Yeah. That's what you're getting. And that's what you're spending. Yeah. So it's not going to be a light switch where you're going to automatically say, oh, well, I'm, not, I'm going to stop spending that extra 3000 No. <laughs> so. Yeah, we say when you retire, you, you just earn 365 days of vacation. Every day is a Saturday. Uh, I got a feeling uh, there's a lot more opportunities to spend the oh, day yeah. after you retire than the day before you retire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So step one is need. What's step two? Step two is make. What are you going to make in retirement? Just because you stop working doesn't mean you don't make anything. A lot of people that are retiring now still have a pension and they've got some big decisions to make on their pension. Uh, most everyone's going to have social security. Uh, if you're married, there's going to be two social securities. Maybe there's two pensions. Uh, perhaps you've bought an annuity or have some real estate. You've got some sort of investment that you can rely on a bit for uh, income. You'll be making something uh, on a regular basis. And this is your one chance to make some decisions on all that. You sign up for your pension, you can't take it back. Mm-hmm. When you sign up for your Social Security, uh, it's virtually impossible to change your mind uh, on that. So you've got this one shot to figure out what you're going to make for the rest of your life. And yeah, I ought to put some thought into that. It's just amazing 
How many people make a decision because their buddy down the street said it was a good idea because that's what their parents did. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't have an opinion on whether you should take social security early or late. You should take your pension now or in a lump sum or monthly or different things. But our opinion is you need to do the math, right? Run the numbers. We can help you figure that out. And wherever the math's kind of pointing you towards is a great choice. Uh, That's, that's probably where you ought to look. Yeah. And, And one of the things that she said on here is that you may have some work. And so I'm kind of thinking about, uh, those folks that are in a career and they're retiring from that career, but yet they don't want to stop working. Maybe they want to pick up an, an, a job for 20 hours a week, 15 hours a week, or, mm-hmm. or volunteer work even. But if we're talking about income and what they're going to make, let's just talk about a little bit of extra work on the side. Do you- yeah, that happens a, a ton. Yeah. A lot of people uh, quit their full-time jobs. Maybe they start watching the, the grandkids and uh, sometimes, uh, they start watching some of the neighbor's kids too, and they pick up some extra dollars uh, that way. Or you've always had this thought that you wanted to um, work at a nonprofit and Mm -hmm. you realize, okay, well, the the pay is going to be different, but maybe you stop with your uh, high paying 50 hour a week job and you uh, take a step back and you're working 30, 40 hours a week uh, for a nonprofit that you want to work for and you get paid for it. And that's uh, something you can count on, right? And you're making something from that. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's all sorts of, Things that we'll we'll discuss in other podcasts as well with how to to navigate that right. I mean, there's there's good things and bad things about working after retirement, especially if you're taking Social Security. And there's all sorts of mm-hmm. things to consider there. And I'm sure we'll dive into that on a future podcast. Uh, but for now, are you ready to go to step three? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Step three is uh, what do you have in your safe money? Right. Not not your little safe, but what uh, what are you keeping that's out of the market? How mm-hmm. much money should you take out of the market? You've spent. 35 years investing in your 401k, investing in mutual funds into the stock market because everyone's told you, you got a long-term uh, investment horizon. You've got a long way before you need it. Well, guess what? Now you don't. You have a long-term and a short-term. Your mm-hmm. short-term just showed up and any money that's needed next month, next year, even next couple of years, we think you ought to keep that uh, out of the market. Keep it uh, safe. If it's not guaranteed, get it pretty darn close to it uh, on there. And so it's a question of how much money should you keep out of the market? Because you've got this big balance of uh, what if the market drops as well as, well, the market does fairly well in the long term. So I want to have enough in there. So that's your third step. After you know what you need, if you know what's coming in, uh, what are you making? There's probably a difference. There's a gap there. Uh, maybe it's 10000 a year. Maybe it's 50000 a year. Who, who knows what it is? We'll help you figure that out. Uh, but whatever it is that you and project that you'll need the next year, next couple of years, we think you ought to keep that in safe type of investments, ones that you can rely on better than uh, what the stock market's doing day to day. I'm assuming those are more liquid as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Uh, you know, it's stuff like uh, money markets, CDs, uh, short-term bonds. There's all kinds of ways that you can go about finding um, investments that you might uh, be more able to rely upon than what individual stocks are doing day to day. So yeah, it's stuff you want to be able to get at because you need it next month or next year or next mm-hmm. couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so how many, is there a magic number that people should be thinking about or is that just on an individual basis, how much they need? A little bit on an individual basis, but there's a couple of numbers that come to mind. And one thing, this is all related to a lot of research that's been done. Uh, it's called sequence of return risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an individual, his name's Wade Fowl, P-F-A-U, Pretty sure his website is retirementresearcher.com. Uh, he's an advisor out on the East Coast. Great guy. Uh, I love reading all his stuff. 
and he's done a lot of research saying the impact uh, to your retirement uh, on the, the, the market's impact on your retirement is huge in the early part of your retirement, and then the impact is less important, right? The, the year you retire, if the market drops, that could affect the yeah. rest of your retirement. And depending on the year you're born, the year you retire, uh, your market's uh, risk might be absolutely huge. You have no idea until afterwards, mm-hmm. right? So he's uh, figured out kind of as you approach retirement, how risky is the market to you? And then when you hit retirement, that risk triples. It's just amazing. I've seen his chart. We can uh, uh, see if we can put in the show notes his, uh, his charts or link to his, his stuff. The day you retire, market risk triples, according to his, his research. It takes about seven years before that risk kind of gets back down to where it was the day before you retired. So mm. that's maybe on the long end, but it's kind of suggesting those first seven years of retirement are incredibly important. So maybe you ought to be a lot more conservative with the money that you're going to need in the next seven years. Mm-hmm. Another number that comes to my mind is the number five, five years. And a reason being there is way back in uh, 08, markets started tanking, right? Actually started in October, 2007, took about 18 months to fall in half. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing that happened that quickly, but it came back up, right? The market came back up, but it took five years before it got back to even. Yeah. So that's just another number that sticks in our head of, well, if the worst case scenario that we've seen in the last you know, 100 years uh, the market took about five years to get back to even. That's maybe another suggestion of uh, projecting out what you need for those first five years, those first seven years, and perhaps deciding uh, on your own and with your spouse and advisor, how much money should you have set aside out of the market, knowing that these are these are some numbers that are out there, of things that have happened before. Yeah. Um, perhaps you ought to bring some safety into it the first five to seven years. All right. Sounds good. What's the next step? Next step is growing your money. Uh, we just said you have a short term, but you still have a long term. A lot of folks don't quite realize that. They kind of think, well, I spent 35 years investing in the market. I've been investing for a long term. I hit retirement, and all of a sudden, I don't have a long term anymore. That's mm. not quite correct. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen studies that show that the average person retires around 62. We've seen studies that show that the second person in a couple might pass on around age 92. That's a 30-year time horizon. Yeah. We just said five to seven years is maybe your maximum for your short term. It's like 25 years of long term you still have going on. So you should still have some money set aside for long term. It should be set aside towards growth, growing it for what you need in the future. But again, a lot of people get focused on what about this stock? What if I make a certain percentage in the market? Can't you can't control that. But what you can control is how much risk you're taking in the market. You can control if you're diversified. You can control if you're rebalancing. And rebalancing kind of means if you have two different stocks, let's just say you have two investments. One goes up, one goes down. Now your percentages are out of whack compared to what you wanted you know, a year ago. Mm-hmm. What you signed up for, your percentages are, are out of alignment. Well, rebalancing means you take some of the profit off the one, you go buy the other one that's on, on sale, you rebalance back to where you signed up for. Doing that rebalancing, make sure you still have the same diversification you wanted, still have the same level of risk that you wanted. So that's tough to do. It's tough to have that um, emotional ability to, to sell one of your winners and go buy uh, an investment that you feel might be on the losing end right now. Mm-hmm. So we encourage people to do that on an automatic basis. 
you sign up for a certain level of risk, you know it's diversified, maybe make that rebalancing automatic so you can take your own emotions out of it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Fantastic. Um, step five. I think step we're five on step is, five uh, yeah, what do you leave behind? Uh, we kind of say you either leave behind some money or you leave behind some bills. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's fun to talk about, at least leaving behind the money part. Yeah. Uh, but if you leave behind some money, you've got an estate. You can't have an estate if you don't have any money there that's left. And when you have an estate, you ought to figure out ahead of time what's your strategy. You see stuff in the news all the time that less than half of people have a will. Mm-hmm. right? So it's good to know what your um, your plans are. Good to tell your uh, kids and family what your plans are ahead of time. Uh, even what who's ought to get what and who ought to be in charge of making some decisions on there. There's all kinds of issues with healthcare and finances while you're still living. That's part of your estate strategy. So it's well worth your time, well worth your time for your family to figure out your estate strategy. Uh, you're going to have an estate uh, on there. And sometimes you leave behind some bills because you didn't prepare for some of the risks that are out there. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that protect principle. And in our opinion, when you hit retirement, there's two big risks. The first risk is you live too short of a lifetime. If, let's say there's two of you. Oftentimes we, we are working with a couple and um, you know, you, one of them's got social security, the other one's got social security, one of them's got a pension, the other one doesn't. And there's going to be more money coming in. You'll be making more money when there's two of you compared to when there's one person left, that survivor. We call that the survivor gap. It's well worthwhile to figure out how much are you making today? How much will that survivor be making and that, that gap, whatever it is, thousand bucks, three thousand dollars, whatever it happens to be per month that the survivor is going to be missing, got to go through and create a plan for that. Know what it is, create a plan for what mm-hmm. that survivor gap uh, might be. The other risk is a little bit on the other end of the spectrum. What if you live a long life? The longer life we live, the worse our health usually gets, the more likely we're going to have some sort of health care event that's going to cost a, a good amount of money. And it's well worth it to have a plan there as well. A plan on what you'd like to have happen uh, in that situation and a plan for how you're going to pay for uh, what you'd like to have happen when you've got that assisted living needs or nursing home needs mm-hmm. or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's, that's huge because just looking at costs and every state's different, there are anywhere from seven to ten to $15,000 a month for a lot of these facilities. Depending yeah. on what they're it's, supplying, uh, and that's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's you change uh, your whole life uh, in case you need that money. Uh, but a lot of times, people don't go beyond the in case I need it. Uh, they don't happen to make a plan on where they want to go, how they want to um, have their health situations dealt with, who's going to be there mm-hmm. uh, helping them out, and how they're going to fund it. And that's our encouragement: is create a plan for what that's going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know that we scratched the surface on a lot of this, and a lot of this was definitely a thirty thousand foot view of what you do. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to dive into the, some of these steps a little bit more thoroughly in future podcasts, like we alluded to, and, and really kind of go through some of the stories that you've experienced with some of your clients. Is that something we can do in the future podcast? Yeah, that's the plan. How do you uh, go about each individual step? Uh, we got the five, the five words there. What do you need? What do you make? How much is set aside for safety? How much is set aside for growth? And what are you going to leave? Uh, behind, but um, knowing those five words is great. Good first step, but we're going to be diving into each area and how you can uh, really make those decisions. Nice. And as as people are listening to this podcast right now, thinking these are five words I'd like to discuss, 
uh, with Jeremy specifically. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, just come out to our website, Kyle FP for Kyle Financial Partners dot com, or give us a call two six two three 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 eight three five three. Love to chat with you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Appreciate your time. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.